Welcome to this podcast of sermons at CUNY United Methodist Church. The people volunteered with abandon. Bless God. Hear, O kings. Listen, O princes. To God, yes, to God, I'll sing. Make music to God, to the God of Israel. God, when you left Sarah, marched across the fields of Edom, earthquaked, yes, the skies poured rain. Oh, the clouds made rivers. Mountains leapt before God, the Sinai God, before God, the God of Israel. In the time of Shamgar, son of Anath, and in the time of Jal, public roads were abandoned. Travelers went to back roads. Warriors became fat and sloppy, no fight left in them. Then you, Deborah, rose up. You got up, a mother in Israel. God chose new leaders who then fought at the gates. And not a shield or a spear to be seen among the 40 companions of Israel. Lift your hearts high, O Israel, with abandon, volunteering yourselves with the people. Bless God. The word of the Lord. So we are talking about heroes of the faith. Heroes grab our attention. There's a reason why little tiny kids can tell you about heroes. Because they grab our attention and they inspire us. According to dictionary.com, a hero is a person noted for courageous acts or nobility of character. It's a person that has special um, achievements or abilities or personal qualities that are regarded as a role model or ideal. And we have books and comic books and movies filled with heroes. And they can do amazing things like shoot webs or shoot fire or fly or run really fast or grow huge or shrink small. And they are noble. They give themselves for others. They defend the weak and the oppressed. And the world is full of real heroes. Full of real heroes. They are noble, they are courageous, they accomplish amazing things. They are people who change our world. They are smart and wise and generous, and they give themselves for others. So think to yourself, what makes someone a hero? What are the characteristics of a hero? When you say hero, what do you mean? And I'm going to ask you to talk about it. So turn to your neighbor, groups of two or three, and talk about what makes a hero. Okay, so what are some of those qualities, some of those characteristics of a hero? Sorry? Golden rule. What are some others that you heard or said? You know what? The older you get, the more just standing up and showing up. (laughs) Someone who cares. Other, yeah. 
Yeah. So what do you think, what, what, what made you a hero? Yeah, so you did jobs that helped people. Nice, wonderful. What are some other characteristics, what makes someone a hero? Okay, at least one more. I heard you talking. Yeah. Okay, so brave enough to do something that other people are too afraid to do. So they're, yes. They, I'm sorry. How they treat others. not all superheroes shoot fire or fly. They have superpowers like fixing things. Which right now would feel like a superhero with the problems we're having. <laughs> so they fix things. Did you say something else besides fix things? Yeah, or fix or the other two. Yes. so brave enough to save people. And when people have all of these characteristics, they're brave, they fix things, they follow the golden rule, they care, it inspires others. I mean, heroes are inspiring to the rest of us. I remember um, when I was a little kid, I had a book called The Lady with the Lamp. And it was about Florence Nightingale, and I was inspired by her. And in the, you know, it was a little kid book, and she would go visit, uh, 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 like, wounded soldiers um, and nurse them. And I thought she was just a nice person that showed up and helped. And then as an adult, I found out what a hero she really was, that Florence Nightingale changed the world. She was she went to the Crimean War uh, for Britain and actually went not primarily as a nurse, but as a nurse manager and trainer. She developed a way of caring for patients that she trained others, and the death rate in those field hospitals declined 10 times. Not 10%, 10 times lower death rate. She actually founded the modern profession of nursing she started a nursing school in London. She was a pioneer in statistics. She improved health care for all of British society. She actually worked for the abolition of prostitution laws that were especially harsh on women. And she served in war. And she had PTSD. She was a real person who changed the world. She was noble and courageous and change the world. And in this worship series, we're going to be looking at real people from the Old Testament and from the New Testament who were noble and brave and changed the world and had powers that came from God because with God, 
we do little things and God transforms our actions into mighty, amazing things. When we think of heroes, at least me, we often think of just the hero. We think of the hero alone. But the truth is, heroes are always with others. Florence Nightingale arrived at the Crimea not alone, but with 38 women volunteers. Martin Luther King, leading the civil rights movement, arrived to lead a movement, an organization that was already established, the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. And when he came to that leadership role and Rosa Parks sat in her seat on the bus and refused to move in 1955, Rosa Parks had already been a leader in the NAACP for a dozen years. Heroes are always with others. They work with others. And when heroes with others, when they change the world, when they stand up for people who can't, when they defend the oppressed, when they uplift people, God is there. God is there working through them, delivering the oppressed, lifting people up. It's God's power behind those heroic acts. God calls people into God's mission. So every hero is always part of a larger movement, set in place by God, powered by God, and staffed with us by God. And think about if you have ever had a challenge and you are something you are struggling with, and that God just put people right in your path. And together, it happens. I remember several years ago, several years ago, when I joined the Lutheran Church, I'd been in the Catholic Church in ministry for a long time. And I had run conferences, and I had gone to conferences, these weekend events with great music and amazing speakers and so inspiring. They were mountaintop experiences. So I joined the Lutheran Church, and I said, so where are the Lutheran conferences? I could say the same, where are the Methodist conferences? Where, you know, lay people go and get inspired. And people said, well, yeah, we really don't have stuff like that. Or we did something 20 years ago. And so I started talking to people, and pretty soon, there's a group of 50 of us came together, and we started the Idaho Discipleship Conference and put on an amazing weekend of music and inspiring talks. This church has faced struggle. 20 years ago, about 20 years ago, when did the food bank start? 30 years ago, I mean. 30 years ago, CUNA was a very different size community. And there was a struggle here. There were people with not enough food. And the closest food banks were far away. And as people of faith, we know that we are connected to our neighbors. Whether we, whether we know them by name or not, we are connected. And if our neighbor is suffering, we suffer. And so people came together. People in this church came together and outside the church came together and started the CUNA Community Food Bank, which is housed in our basement. It is, there are folks from this church who volunteer at the food bank and many other churches 
God has sent people to serve at the food bank. And God used the assets of this church, used the assets which were the fruits of decades of faithful giving by people at this church to start that food bank and to feed people. And today, hundreds of people are fed. CUNA has grown and the food bank has grown and our basement is no longer big enough. So they are building a building on the other side of our parking lot to move the food bank into. And in a year or two, our basement will be empty. What new thing might God have in mind for the asset of this church and the faithful giving of this community? Well, let's talk about Deborah. So Deborah was a prophet, a judge in the Old Testament. So the people of God were slaves in Egypt, remember, and God uh, delivered them, parted the Red Sea. They went through the Red Sea, spent 40 years wandering the desert, entered the land of Canaan. There were people in Canaan. God gave them the Ten Commandments. Ten uh, commandments for this covenant that God was making them. And one of them was, do not worship idols. Now, if you've ever read the Ten Commandments, you probably thought, oh, that one's easy. Got one already. Do not worship idols. Do not worship other gods. Because at that time, other gods had names and temples you could go to to worship. Today, the things we worship are not named as gods. And they, they were not successful at not worshiping idols. And I think to myself, I wonder if today we were told by God, you may not watch video. No TV, no movies, no TikTok, no YouTube. We'd have trouble too. They had trouble of not worshiping idols. And they would worship idols. They would worship other gods. And God would get angry. And God would allow their enemies to attack them. And then, which is exactly what happened, the enemies came. The people were enslaved again. Their neighbors had conquered them and oppressed them. And they had been slaves again for 20 years. The people cried out to God. And God called She was a judge. A judge in this time would have been somebody that we would think of as like judge, mayor, city council, leader of the National Guard, all wrapped into one. And we are told that she sat under a palm. And people came to her for, to hear her judgment. She's the only female judge recorded in the scriptures. She was a prophet, someone who spoke for God. And I just think Sitting under that palm, she must have been so wise, so inspiring, so well-spoken. And she had a message from God for Barak, from the Naphtali uh, tribe. And she said, Barak, God says that you need to lead an army against our oppressors. So gather an army and go to Mount Tabor and wait for them. So gather an army meant go find a bunch of farmers and say, let's go fight this army 
that has chariots and swords and way better equipped. So Barak said, I'll do it, but I want you to come with me. And Deborah said, all right then, let's go. And off they went to Mount Tabor. The other army arrived. Barak led the army down, and we hear that the Lord, where is it? We hear that the Lord threw the other army into a panic, and they ran away. And it was an amazing victory for the people of God. God delivered them from their oppression. That, that 20 years of slavery was over, and they were in their joy, they wrote a poem, a song, that Patrick shared with us. Scholars tell us that it is one of the oldest pieces of Hebrew poetry in the Bible, probably written about 1200 BC. Remember, most of the Old Testament, most of the Hebrew scriptures was written about five or 600 BC. And you can read it yourself in Judges 5 if you want to look at that old song of joy. Deborah was a hero. God was the power. She was smart. She was wise. She was brave. She was a leader, and she was faithful. She followed God, and she trusted in a power beyond her own. She trusted in God's power. God needed someone to lead the people out of oppression, and God called Deborah, and she said yes. There were lots of good reasons to say no, but she said yes. And God has God called others. It wasn't just Deborah, but Deborah had a special part just for her. And, and she, she played that part, and God played God's part. And God is not finished calling heroes. God is still at work redeeming this world, changing this world, bringing the kingdom of heaven alive right here and right now. And what is your part in God's redeeming work? Is there a situation that you see that God wants changed? Do you feel a stirring? God is calling you. Is there something God is calling our church to? Something that God wants changed. Sometimes the part that God gives us is big and heroic. Sometimes the part that God gives us is small and heroic, like installing a or cooking for us for fellowship, or leading a small group, or serving on the faith in action team. We are each called to play our part, to be a hero, powered by God. Thanks for listening. This podcast is preached almost always by our pastor, Reverend Mia Crosswaite. CUNY United Methodist Church is a community on a mission to make disciples for the transformation of the world. To support this podcast and the missional priorities of this church, 
go to cunaumc.org and click on Give. Any amount helps. And if you're kind enough to share your contact information with us, we'll continually send you things.